Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. In 2022, we are learning to advance, to take ground that we haven't had before, both personally and as a church corporately. And there's seven areas that we are praying and actively working in our hearts and working as a church to advance in these seven areas. So all the messages are gonna be revolved around these seven things. That uh, Number one is the supernatural lifestyle. Number two is evangelism. Three is discipleship. That's both our personal discipleship and then how well we disciple others. Number four is the next generation, how well we're raising up our children and our youth, our young people. Uh, number five is our finances, how well we steward our money, uh, that we, we don't think uh, like orphans with a poverty mentality, but we think like generous nobility. Number six is in world missions. This church used to do a lot for world missions, and uh, ever since uh, 2020, we haven't done nothing but send money. So we love, when we continue to send money, in fact, um, last night I was going to bed, and uh, as a friend of ours that we worked with in Moldova, some of you will remember Greg Montella. Uh, he was up at the Ukrainian um, Moldova border, and there was a couple of pastors' families. The men were staying behind, but the women and the children were getting out of the Ukraine, and uh, Greg was picking them up and, and helping them find temporary housing. So um, we sent a thousand bucks to help get them clothes because they came with the clothes on their back. So uh, I just love that our church is generous and we can be giving uh, even when everybody else is sleeping uh, and that we've got great friends that are out there helping people to, uh, to get out and get safe. And then the last area is in influence in our city, in our community. It was a great honor to have Six Stones here last week and I wanna thank you for signing up with Six Stones to become a volunteer and as projects get announced, you'll get a little email, hey, do you wanna sign up for? And if you, if you don't wanna sign up, don't, but at least you're available. At least you're saying, hey, I'm willing. And that as these projects come up, there's four projects that, that Uncommon is specifically going to work on this year. So we, that's why we asked you to become volunteers with Six Stones. Today, we're going to talk about money and wealth and generosity and finances. And I love just when I say that sentence because everybody gets nervous. Their, your stomach gets tight and your palms get sweaty and like far left vegan hippie backpackers would rather talk about Jesus to Donald Trump than they want to talk about money in church. Like, it's just like, oh, it's just so cringy to talk about money. But did you know that Jesus talked about money four times more than he talked about prayer? I'm going to say that again for the people over here. Jesus talked about money four times more than he talked about prayer. Money is the number one topic that couples fight over. 90% of Americans say they have some form of money trouble. 75% um, percent of Americans say they live paycheck to paycheck. They don't have savings. They don't have investments. They, they live just trying to get to the beginning of the next month. 95% of married people say they fight over money on a regular basis. 80% of divorces claim money as a contributing factor to the divorce. Today, the average 28-year-old already has $9,000 in high-interest debt. Debt controls our country, and sadly, it controls many people that are in the church. Money, ironically, is the very thing that's keeping Christians from being blessed financially. And too often, we end up having this orphaned spirit. 
So that's what we're going to talk about today is, is breaking off the orphan spirit. So please listen to this and learn this because as your pastor, I love you and I don't want to see you struggle in this area. I don't want to see the next generation struggle in this area. And I hate seeing two things. I hate seeing people that have money, rich people that have like a lust for more money and more stuff. But I also hate seeing poor people that, that have not yet experienced God's financial supernatural blessing. Because even in our church, in our family community, we got a lot of broke people. Some of you still broke, you've got an eight-year-old boy that's sponsoring you from Nicaragua. He, he's got your picture on his fridge. And then some people, like in the old school religion, be like, well, bless God, brother, it's not scriptural and spiritual to talk about money in the church. That's because we see money as a natural thing. God sees money as a, as a supernatural thing. The Lord sees wealth as, as supernatural, not carnal. So that's one of the problems right there is our old school religion has taught us to act more like orphans that we don't have a loving father that wants to provide for us. So I wanna talk about specifically breaking off that orphan mentality. And then those same people are like, well, praise the Lord, bless God. You better tell these people to break off that orphan spirit. Listen, last week we talked about the sheep and the goats, but why do we always assume we're the sheep? Like, why do we assume that I'm not talking about you and your little orphan spirit? Because as I was studying this this week, I'm like, yes, these people really need help to break off the orphan spirit. And the Lord's like, yes, you do, Brad. I'm like, no, 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 the people. He's like, let's, let's just poke around a little bit. You wanna go there? I'm gonna go there. Because the Holy Spirit's like, always gonna continue to mess with us. It doesn't matter how old you get, the Lord is always making us better. Uh, Joyce Smith's gonna turn 89 years old this week. Is that right? Your birthday is this week, Miss Joyce? 89, Miss Joyce, is that right? 89 years old this week. So we celebrate you and we thank you. I was visiting with Miss Joyce a couple of weeks ago and she's like, well, I just love listening to my favorite preachers. And the funny thing is she named off her favorite preachers and I wasn't on the list, but the point is, <laughs> at 89 years old, she still has a hunger to go deeper in her walk with God. She does, she, she's broken off that orphan spirit. So some people are like, what is, like I'm new to church stuff. What do you mean by orphan spirit and how do I know that I have one? Well, let's, let's be practical. An orphan has no father. So they see themselves alone in this world. An orphan sees themselves both as needy, but also as dependent on themselves as having to provide for themselves. An orphan is always looking out to, to take care of themselves, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get mine, I'm gonna take it, I'm gonna have it my way. I'm gonna hoard all this junk because there might not be enough tomorrow. Orphans hate when other children get something. Why, why did they get a second bowl of porridge? Where, where's my second bowl? Where's my third bowl of porridge? Why did they get a new car? Why did they get those new Jordans? Why did they get a spouse when I'm looking for a spouse? Why did they get their freedom in that area when I'm still struggling in this area? I'd rather pull everybody else down to my level than encourage other people to get up ahead of me. Because we have a fatherless mentality that I gotta get mine. Because there's nobody that's gonna love me and, and protect me. We have a fatherless crisis more now in our culture than ever before. So of course, I wanna talk about wealth, I wanna talk about generosity, but I can't break off poverty until we break off the orphan spirit. So here's a, few, here's a few questions. If you have any of these things that trigger you, number one, how do I know if I have an orphan spirit? You require your close friends to be exclusive to you. Because you imagine yourself in like a street gang and once somebody is in your little squad, like we're gonna get ours. And you get jealous when people have friendships and relationships other than you, why? because you fear that they might like their other friends more than they like you. And they might leave you and you'd be even more alone than you already are. 
You believe that there isn't enough love to go around for everybody so that you have to, you have to latch on and grab on to somebody that you receive all the attention, all the connection, all the love. So that's an orphan thinking with a poverty mentality that there won't be enough love, so I gotta get it all for myself. Number two, how do I know if I have an orphan spirit? You think the worst of people who are prosperous. You just assume the worst of people. Oh, well, they, they got that promotion, probably slept their way up into the boss's office. <laughs> Acting all spiritual like you haven't thought that. Ooh. They probably deceived their way. They probably stole their way. Why do we get like that? We're jealous that they got promoted, which leads to number three. You're jealous of anybody that has more than you. You can't celebrate when other people have a breakthrough in their life. Why? Because you don't understand that in God's, wor God's world, there's always more than enough. You're a part of a kingdom that has more than enough. But we, 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 we limit and we hoard and we think it's our, it's, it, we've got to get it all for ourselves. Somebody else's prosperity doesn't reduce God's ability to prosper you. I'm going to say it again. Somebody else's prosperity doesn't reduce God's ability to prosper you. Number four, how do I know? I was a good clapping point right there. Somebody, somebody heard the Holy Ghost on that. Number four, how do I know if I have an orphan spirit? You find a problem in every opportunity. Orphans are negative people. They, they find fault with everything. They're critical. The, the, the Christian orphans have been baptized in vinegar. They're negative. They won't speak life over anybody. They won't encourage anybody. Or they're two-faced, because if you're a Christian orphan, you know how in church to fake it. Be like, oh, I'm so happy for you, bless God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we celebrate publicly, but we tear them down privately. Number five, how do I know if I have an orphan spirit? You always feel like something is about to go wrong. Even on, when you're having a good day, you're just expecting something to go bad. Orphans are expecting the rug to be taken out from under them. Probably orphans have invited a foreboding spirit, which is a demonic spirit that always has an impending sense of doom. Because an orphan just always assumes that bad things are about to happen to them. They don't recognize that they have a loving father that's out to protect them and bless them, number six. How do I know if I have an orphan spirit? You still live in shame. The difference between guilt and shame, the Holy Spirit wants to convict us of our sin. The Holy Spirit is a loving tender light that will shine into the darkness of our hearts and he will point things out and be like, whoops, whoopsies, you did something wrong. But shame comes in and says, you are something wrong. There's something wrong with you for continuing to get high. There's something wrong with you for continuing to get drunk. There's something wrong with you for looking at porn. There's something wrong with you for the way you eat. There's something wrong with you. So there, we, we live under this umbrella of shame that comes with the orphan spirit. Number seven, how do I know if I have an orphan spirit? You feel like a powerless victim. Even as an adult, you feel like a child and life is just coming at you. That you're not, why does this happen? Because you're not convinced of your nobility. You hear it talked about in church, you see other people rise to prince and princess, but you feel like you're just a child and that life is coming at you. You have to come to grips with the fact that you are more than a conqueror. Because the orphan spirit is like a magnet. It's an invisible force. And the orphan spirit will always attract fear and poverty and brokenness. But those people that understand who they are in Christ and the nobility that they have in Christ, they attract blessing and favor and, pro and more prosperity. Proverbs put it this way. 
Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 21, there's three things that make the earth tremble. Nah, four, that it just cannot endure. Number one, a slave who becomes a king. We're gonna come back to that verse in a minute. Number two, an overbearing fool that prospers. Number three, a bitter woman that finally gets a husband. Number four, a servant girl who supplants, and I had to Google that, who uh, rises above her mistress. Because ain't nobody teach me supplant in Montgomery County, Maryland in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> Let's go back to verse 22. There's nothing worse than when a pauper becomes the king. Because the slave, the orphan, the, the pauper, they're born into brokenness and they do not have a father that is speaking nobility and significance and love and protection over them. So they have no idea of their value. So when a pauper becomes the king, they tear the kingdom down because of their orphan mentality. So here's an example. If you look at Jesus, Jesus was the king of kings that gave up his nobility, humbled himself to death, and to do that he had to go through the virgin birth. At Christmas we celebrated, even though he wasn't born in December, he was probably born in September, but that doesn't ever here nor there. You can put Jesus in a manger, but you can't put a manger in Jesus. Because people that understand who they are on the inside, they're not gonna accept an orphan spirit. So yes, I want you to be prosperous. I want you to be generous. I want you to understand kingdom wealth, which is why we've asked you to read Chris Vallotton's book, Poverty, Riches, and Wealth, which I'm not really talking about today, ironically, because I can't even get there yet until we deal with this orphan spirit because I want you to be a blessing to others, but orphans don't bless anybody. Only wealthy people bless other people. The orphan spirit will limit how much God can bless you because we, we limit what God can do in and through us, but our God is limitless. He has no, he has no limit. So orphans, they limit what God can do, but a child of God who understands who they are, they think that, God can do anything. God can do the impossible. Now, let me just give a side note. If you're new to church stuff, you'd be like, how come church is always talking about being rich? I'm not talking about being rich. You can be rich and still have an orphan spirit. Riches are temporary. Wealth is generational. Wealth is legacy for the next generation. You don't have to be poor to think like an orphan. All, all an orphan does is judge other people and they don't wanna be the bottom orphan on the rung. So it's our haughtiness and our, our pride, even as orphans, that we look at other people, and like I said earlier, we judge people and we resent people that have more than us, but as long as somebody has less than us, as long as there's somebody worse off than we are, we put ourselves in this picture where we hate the people above us and we're haughty over the people below us. And here's the funny thing. The Lord has been dealing with Josie and I in our generosity over the last few years. I've told you the story, but it bears repeating. A couple of years ago, um, you know how uh, we get those tax receipts at the end of the year? Hey, can, thanks for giving to the church. You know, you gave X dollars in the year, whatever. And I got that, and we had given away more money than, than we used to make. Like, we had given away more money than we ever had in our life. And I was like, Lord, thank you for making me so generous. And the Lord's like, oh, baby boy, you're not generous. All you did was tithe, and tithing is not generosity. The Lord said, generosity starts at 11%. I was like, oh, 
you're gonna take me on a multi-year journey to teach me generosity, aren't you? Yeah. So even in the fact that now years into this thing, Josie and I are literally now well into generosity. As I was studying this, the Lord was still pointing out orphaned parts of my heart. And I was like, crud. Just when you think you've gotten free of the orphan spirit, when you really dig into it and you're Lord, Lord, change me, make me a disciple, I wanna be more like you. He's like, do you mean that? Because I'm gonna mess with a few things that you are really a part of your life and who you think you are. One of the easiest ways to assign over the, the orphaned mind in, in, in finances is that you consistently have more month than money. This is sort of a red flag if, if you've wondered about the orphan spirit, and that is um, there's just always money trouble. You just, you never have enough. And you're always struggling financially. And when you look at your giving, like from last year, in, in January or early February, you would have all gotten tax receipts for what you gave last year. If there's not at least 10% of what you earned last year, and let me add something, if you didn't joyfully tithe, you have an orphaned heart. Now it's not always in money. Sometimes it's, it's, it's like the Lord, like what he's doing in my heart, he's just peeling away layers of an onion trying to get to my soul, and he's trying to deal with my core identity. Do I really see myself as a son? Do I really see myself as nobility? Because so many times it's not financial, but the Lord will deal with the orphan spirit in, here's some other things. Orphans talk a certain way that noble people don't talk like. And orphans will be entertained by things that noble people in the kingdom of God will not be entertained by. It's kind of like the orphan's language is that of playing ball on the old, like, you know, broken down um, playground behind the orphanage where the other orphans are cursing at each other and insulting each other and being negative and complaining and complaining against the man and complaining against those that have more than them. Because an orphan didn't have a father to teach them how to speak. And just, that we speak with nobility, we speak with faith, we speak with holiness, we speak with righteousness. The same applies to entertainment. Orphans are entertained by things of the world that noble people in the kingdom of God would not be entertained by. So sometimes people will be like, hey, did you see the movie? Oh, you probably didn't because you're a preacher. And I'm over here like, no, I didn't see that movie, but I'd like to know why you did. And why you thought it would be wise to ask your preacher if he had seen it. Royal children are taught by their heavenly father that there is a certain way to speak and a certain way to live and a certain way to act. That when we, we learn that from our father in heaven, we're not entertained by the things that the world are entertained by and we don't speak with the same foul, cursing, crass, tearing people down because that would dishonor our father. See, an orphan will see everything through the lens of poverty and everything we look at we see through that lens of being an orphan. But sons and daughters of the Most High God, they see everything through the lens of the kingdom of God and that our God is amazing and he's a loving father and he protects me and nothing is impossible for our God. So let me just say this. Breaking off the orphan spirit is an inside job. The change needs to happen on the inside, in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. Jesus put it this way. Very beginning of Jesus' ministry, Matthew chapter 4 from that time on, Jesus began to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, because I have brought the kingdom of heaven right up here in your business. And too often, 
especially in the modern church today, we repent enough to get saved, but not enough to experience the kingdom. Somebody over here got it, but nobody got it over here. Zach got, didn't like, or Ira didn't like us, he got up and left. I'm kidding, I'm sure Ira got a text, it's super important. Too often we will repent enough to get saved, but not enough to experience the kingdom of heaven. Heaven is not a place you go to when you die. Heaven is a kingdom that you bring to earth now, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So how do we get more of the kingdom of heaven? Jesus said it, repent. You're like, yeah, I did that in the prayer. No. Do you even know what the word repent means? The word repent means to change the way you think. Change the way you think about God. Change the way you think about sin. Change the way you think about being an orphan. Repentance is transforming our mind. So an orphan needs to learn to take their thoughts captive. And when they have a thought that is an orphan thought and not a noble thought, they put little thought handcuffs on that, on that, that thought and they take it to thought jail and say, I, I'm, an, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of the most high God. I'm not gonna think like that. The, the problem is so often, like for me, we can be prideful and we'll have an orphan spirit and we think we're being spiritually humble. No, it just makes you a victim. But in Christ, we're no longer victims. In fact, Romans, Paul put it this way. He said, and all these things were more than conquerors. Ephesians 2 says, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. There's, there's no place for the orphan thinking in the kingdom of God. I recently heard it said that breaking off the orphan spirit is an inside job. Two people got that joke. <laughs> Romans chapter 12 puts it this way. Don't be conformed by the world. Instead, be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. And that by testing, you're gonna discern what the will of God is and that will is always good and acceptable and perfect. Let me just tell you something, if you've never heard this before. When you repent of your sin and you ask Jesus to forgive you, in Christ Jesus, you become royalty. You become nobility. You have been adopted by the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are no longer a citizen of this earth. You are a citizen of heaven. So you should test every thought if it, if it is, is a kingdom thought of faith or if it thinks like that of an orphan. Because I, I, I want to move on to the next area of wealth and generosity and finances and money. But we can't do that until we break off the orphan thinking. But too many Christians think with an orphan mentality and we are afraid of money and we're afraid of wealth. In heaven, Jesus is preparing a place for you and I. And he has laid out streets of gold and he has pearls for doors. God isn't afraid of wealth. And Christians are like, well, when I die and go to heaven, I'll walk on the streets of gold. So we don't mind wealth in heaven, but we resist it here on the earth. Let me just give you a quick cheat code for breaking off the poverty mentality. Celebrate when other peoples are blessed. Peoples are blessed. Yes. Celebrate when somebody else is blessed. Celebrate when somebody else gets a job. Throw a party when somebody else does better than you. And sometimes you'll have to do that publicly while privately you actually mean it because the Lord knows your heart. In private, you need to actually lift that person up in prayer and be like, Lord, in my flesh, I feel like an orphan, but on the inside, in my thought life, I bless 
that person for getting that amazing thing. And I pray, Lord, you'd help me. Lord, I pray you'd bless them even more. Because <laughs> I don't have time to read the whole story. I'll, oh, we are a little late. I'll read half the story. You guys, often, most of you know, because I, I quoted a lot, the parable that Jesus told of the prodigal son. It's this story about a wealthy landowner. He owns this huge farm, lots of people that work for him. And uh, he's got two sons. And the younger son is like, yeah, I'd kind of like my inheritance now. Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me my money. And the dad's like, dude, I'm 47. Like, I'm not that old. But you know how when you're like 18, you're like 47 is like practically dead, geriatric. By the way, I'm 47. <laughs> so the father gives the younger son his portion of his inheritance. Now, don't forget, this is ancient Middle Eastern Jewish culture. The older son is the one who gets everything. The younger son only gets a portion. So the younger son takes that portion, kisses his fossil of a father goodbye, and he goes out into the world. And when he's out there, he uses all that money and he spends it on weed and the good liquor from the top shelf and his Pornhub subscription and all of his friends at the strip club and he ends up going broke. So this prodigal son who's run away from his father's love and he's now broke, he has no money, he has no friends, so he needs a J-O-B just to put some food in his belly and he goes and works for a pig farm which the irony is for a Jewish kid, he wouldn't work for a pig farm, but anyway, you've got this young Jewish kid now working, feeding pigs, and he's eating the same food that he's giving to the pigs. It's in that moment that Jesus tells in the story, he came to his senses. You think? What cracks me up is when I see prodigals that are running from God, why don't you come to your senses? How long are you going to stay in your wallowing of addiction? How long are you going to stay in your anxiety and fear and depression and loneliness and, and, and emptiness? Like, when will you be like the prodigal son that Jesus talks about and come to your senses? I pray it's today in about 12 minutes. And this young man is like, you know what? I think I've given up the right to be a son, but I'll return to my dad's farm and I'll bet he'll hire me as a servant. Because that's what we like to do is we want to work our way back to God instead of just receive it as a child. So the younger son returns to his father and his father was mad at him and punched him in the mouth. Oh wait, is that not how the story goes? See, the father had been looking for him. And then when the father saw his son on the horizon, he took off running for his son. And he embraced his son and he kissed his son. His father wasn't mad at him. Some of you that have been running for God, you, running away from God, you need to hear that today. God's not mad at you. He's looking for you and he will run after you. And, and if you let him here in a few minutes in worship, he will hug you and he will kiss you. But then the father goes, you know what? Put a royal robe on his back. Put the family royal ring on his finger. That fatted calf we've been saving for Thanksgiving. They didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> Kill the fatted calf because we're going to throw a party. What happened to the older son? Luke chapter 15, verse 25. The older son was in the field. He came and he drew near to the house. He heard the music and dancing. Oops, oops, oops. 
he called out to the servants. He said, hey, what's going on? Verse 27. He said, wow, your brother came home. Your father killed the fatted calf. He's received him back in. He's safe and sound. You'd think he'd be happy, but in verse 28, he was angry, and he refused to go in. So his father came out and punched him in the mouth. Wow. The father's an amazing father, isn't he? Even when the older brother is being an older brother, he chases down the older brother. He said, dude, what's up? Won't you come in and party with us? And the, the older brother goes, listen, dad, for years I've served you. I went to church. I was in a U group. I served on one of those dream teams. I came early. I stayed late. I didn't smoke. I didn't chew. I didn't run with the girls that do. I never disobeyed your commands, but you never gave me a goat, let alone a fatted calf I could celebrate with my friends. Verse 30. This son of yours, not my brother, this son of yours, he devoured all of your property and wealth with prostitutes, and yet you've killed the fatted calf for him? The father said, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. See, it was the older brother that had the orphan spirit. And the orphan spirit will keep you from going into the presence of the Father. The orphan spirit will keep you going into deeper places in worship. And the orphan spirit will judge not only your brother, the orphan spirit will judge your father for not giving you what's yours. And the orphan spirit will make you act like a servant instead of a royal son. But it was the dad that said, Dude, I killed the fatted calf for him, but you own the entire farm. He didn't recognize his nobility, his royalty. And even though he was wealthy, he had the spirit of a poor orphan. He was judging other people. He was judging his own father. And he was not enjoying the rights of being called a son. I see this in the church all the time. Hop up on your feet. I want to pray for you. I want to give you a few quick keys to breaking off the orphan spirit. Number one, accept your royalty and your nobility. When you became a believer in Jesus, he put a robe on your back and a ring on your finger. He says that you are a prince and a princess in the kingdom of heaven. You need to learn and accept that you are no longer an orphan. You're a part of the family of God. Number two, repent for the pride that comes along with the orphan spirit. The orphan spirit will judge other people. The orphan spirit will be haughty over anybody who's underneath them. Number three, be generous. Orphans aren't generous. So if you find yourself in an orphan spirit, I want you to give your way out. Start by tithing. But if you can't tithe joyfully, don't do it. I want you to be like laughing, stupid, excited, happy to give God money. And if you can't do it, then don't do it. But start by tithing. And then become generous. Number four, take our freedom track. We have an eight-week course that we offer three times a year that's gonna help break off the orphan spirit. There's one going on right now. The next one is in June. You can go to our website, uncommonchurch.tv forward slash events and sign up for the June Freedom Track. 
Let me also say this. A lot of people are literally victims. They were sexually abused, physically abused, emotionally abused, gaslighted, childhood pain, family pain, maybe marital pain. Maybe they had financial pain. Maybe they had an abortion as a younger woman. Maybe they were abused in some way by the church, hurt by the church. And they carry this pain. See, the victim heart tag teams with the orphan spirit. And it always wants to hold you down and keep you back from who God's called you to be. The way to break that off is to forgive. You're holding on to a debt against somebody and I need you to release it and forgive them for hurting you. And if it was you that hurt you, I need you to forgive yourself. You can't go back, so I want you to forgive yourself. The, the devil would wanna keep you under his thumb. The devil would wanna keep you as a victim, keep you as an orphan. But I need you to start acting and thinking like royalty. And that starts in your own heart. It starts with every single one of your thoughts. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit for some verses about your royal identity. Maybe get five verses on your royal identity. Write them on three by five cards. Tape them up in your mirror while you're brushing your teeth. Put them in your car. Put them in your desk, in your workspace. And out loud every day, I want you to say those Bible verses about your identity in Christ. And I'm not gonna give you those verses. That's homework for you to figure out who you are in Christ. I want you to learn how to be a part of healthy community. It's gonna help break off the orphan spirit because when you're in a group, let's say it's a Tuesday night, a Thursday night, a Friday morning, you group, and you're honest, you tell people, hey, I'm struggling with addiction, I'm struggling with the orphan mentality, I'm struggling in the orphan spirit. You group leaders, I want you to talk about this this week. Give people an open forum to share their heart. And if you be honest and tell people, yeah, I really, that, that, that hit me hard. Then every week, every day, people can text you. and be like, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm doing good. Or, I'm not doing so good. But by being a part of a healthy community, there's other people that are gonna help you to rise up out of the orphanage and into the king's house. So there's two things we're gonna deal with this morning. The first would be if you're not right with God, you get hit by a bus this afternoon, because you know, all the buses we have in Euless. That works, well that works for our men's video. <laughs> Playing pickup ball in Queens. Step off the court, you hit by a bus. Listen, if you don't know, if you died today that you would go to heaven, or maybe you're like that prodigal, you thought, you know, you, you knew the father, you were in church as a young person, grandma used to bring you to church, you went with a friend in high school, but man, you've allowed your heart to grow so cold and so far from God. You've allowed sin back into your life. You're way worse off now than you were before. I want you to come to yourself, come to your senses, and I want you to run back to the father's arms of love. He's not mad at you, he's gonna embrace you and kiss you and make you royal once again. So the first thing we'll deal with is salvation. But the second thing we're gonna do is break off that orphan spirit. It could be huge, it could be driving every aspect of your life or just one little thing. Your neighbor gets a new car and you look out the window and be like, they don't make that much money, they shouldn't have done that, that's unwise. That's an orphan spirit talking. How did they afford new windows in their house? I don't, mm. Or you're in an apartment, why did they get the new carpet? 
my carpet's disgusting. Why can't you just be happy they got new carpet? God has enough carpet for everybody. Don't think like an orphan. Sometimes it's every area of your life. Why did they get the closer parking spot at Tom Thumb? I wanted that. Maybe the Lord wants you to get a couple more steps in. <laughs> Why are you thinking like an orphan? Celebrate them. Sometimes it's little stuff. Sometimes it's everything. You need to realize that you've been adopted. Through Jesus' love for you, he picked you. He picked you out of all the little puppies and kittens. He picked you. And he wants to make you royal. And we're going to break off that orphan spirit. If you're here this morning and you're not right with God, you've never really been right with God, or you haven't been right with God in a minute, you've allowed your heart to grow cold and distant from God, but today your heart right now is pounding out of your chest and you're ready to repent and ask God to forgive you and get right with God again, let him sign your adoption papers, today is your day. I'd like to lead you in a prayer. It's your prayer. You have to believe it in your heart. You have to pray it out loud, but I will help you. I'll lead you. I'd like to know who I'm praying for, though. If you're here this morning and you want to pray that prayer, you want to repent of your sin, ask Jesus to forgive you, surrender your life to him, leave the orphanage and enter into the kingdom of heaven starting today, whether it's the first time or the first time in a long time, would you shoot your hand up real high and just say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. I see your hand over there. Is anybody else? Shoot your, I see your hand over there. Is anybody else? Just shoot your hand up real high. I see your hand over there. Is anybody else? Come on, somebody. Yay, God. Yay, God. Yay, God. What about you at home? I saw three people shoot their hand up and say, today's my day to get right with God. Right there in your home, in your living room, in your car. Three months from now, watch this back on YouTube. But your heart's pounding out of your chest. I want you to raise your hand and say, Jesus, I need to get right with you today. For the sake of those that are at home, for the sake of the three, if you believe this in your heart, why don't we all pray this prayer together? Say, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I repent. I surrender my life to you. I receive the adoption into your royal family. Be the savior of my soul, the lover of my heart, and a loving father to accept me. saved for 30 seconds or 30 years. Just thank you. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you look past my sin. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you're creating a place for me in heaven. Thank you for, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. He loves you so much. He's crazy about you. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.